0: It's time for the Hokey Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Macadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Tim Donnelly Show continuing right here on the WRAD Radio Network. 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM as well. Less than an hour now until the Roth Report. Bill Roth will be joining us live in studio along with Luis Baker from the Baker team at Long and Foster. For the Roth Report today, we'll talk about Mookie Betts. We'll talk about the Hokies. We'll talk about so much more. We know that Luis uh, is a, a very big Hokie fan, so hopefully we'll uh, use her fandom as a way to get a pulse on, on what the fan base is thinking and, and make sure you know we're, we're right there on the same track with the fan base, at least in, uh, in some of our thoughts. So that's coming up again in just under an hour. That'll start off the the 8 o'clock hour, so make sure you are here for that. Um, It is Hokie hour, and we do have uh, quite a bit to unpack when it comes to the game last night between the Virginia Tech Hokies and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets down in Atlanta. But first, let's make sure you are covered in everything going on in the sports world, making sure any conversation you find yourself in, you are prepared to contribute. This is Got You Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And I can't believe it actually happened in Major League Baseball. Uh, You just get done with football season. You look at baseball and and chaos ensues. Mookie Betts, David Price, uh, as long as all the medical clearances take place, are on their way to the L.A. Dodgers in a straight cash dump. By the Boston Red Sox, a major market team sending two gigantic names packing because they simply want to save a buck. And and the ironic part is the two centerpieces of the deal that the Boston Red Sox will be getting in return, Alex Verdugo and Bruce Dar Gratterall, if everything breaks right, if the Red Sox have everything in this deal break their way, they might be half as good as Mookie Betts and David Price. They're getting an outfielder and a pitching prospect who if everything breaks in their favor, health, development, opportunity, success, if everything breaks in their favor, they might be able to hold a candle to an MVP like Mookie Betts, to a Cy Young Award perennial candidate like David Price. I don't get it. The Boston Red Sox, I probably would have started trading like first cousins and maybe third and fourth born children before I would trade Mookie Betts and David Price if I were the Boston Red Sox. They need to get it figured out. Saving a dollar is not that important in the long run when it comes to costing your team wins. Elsewhere in trades, not in baseball, but elsewhere in trades, NBA has a absolute blockbuster. One of the biggest trades in the history of the NBA, not biggest in terms of impact or importance or or quality of names mentioned but just pure quantity of names involved the Rockets get Robert Covington Jordan Bell and a second round pick the Hawks get Clint Capella and Nene Uh, the T Wolves get one first round pick Malik Beasley Juan Hernan Gomez Evan Turner Jared Vanderbilt the Nuggets get one first and four players that I'm not even going to read their names of now here's what I have to say about the trade deadline coming up on Thursday in the NBA expect more deals. Never in the NBA have we had more teams that know exactly what they're doing. This team is tanking. This team is going for it. This team needs this player. This team needs a post. Everyone is very, very obvious in their intentions. The the tanking era guarantees that. So there will be teams willing to take on Big contracts in exchange to in exchange of accepting assets along with those big contracts, they'll tank it out and try to survive. Meanwhile, the big uh, bullies who are trying to win are going to be looking to to dump uh, weights, dump the anchor that is holding down their roster. It's going to be a really interesting trade deadline over the next 24 hours. In the NFL, Jacksonville, the Jaguars. I don't even know why we call them Jacksonville anymore. Turns out, of their eight home games, they'll be playing three-fourths of them in Jacksonville, and a fourth of them in London. Two consecutive home games next season will be being played in London. The city of Jacksonville has a legit gripe here. The reason you put up with having an NFL team, right, the reason you support having an NFL team is partially because those eight home games a year, there's going to be a huge influx in cash being spent in your city. People that come in for the game, they got to stay in hotels. They got to buy things at restaurants. They spend on merchandise. They're running around. They're using the, the public transit. They're, they're paying for cabs and Ubers. And guess what? You don't get any of that money when it's all being spent in London. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you might as well just see you and go make your home in London. Uh, Hokie fans, listen up. The Hokies got absolutely schmallacked by Georgia Tech last night, 76-56, and I don't even know if it was that close. The uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets shot 44% from three. The Hokies shot 17% from three. And the Hokies are supposed to be the shooters. Uh, Jose Alvarado went for 20 points for Georgia Tech. Uh, Tyrese Radford and, and Landers Nolly led the Hokies in the mid-teens. Uh, the Hokies are in a bit of a free fall, but I'm going to try to stay level-headed with it and say they are young and say there is reasons to to uh, not pretend like the sky is falling. But I will say this as well. I believe they have to go back and watch some of their early highlights. It looks like it may be... A, a dearth of confidence for the Hokies right now. They're putting the shots up, but not with the same vim and vigor as they were earlier in this season. Uh, National Signing Day is also today, the final National Signing Day for the 2020 class. Don't expect fireworks from the Hokie football team. Last two years, they got Dax Hollyfield and Doug Nestor. Nothing like that coming this way today. That is has got you covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show. This is Hokie Hour. Right here on WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM, live inside the Mockadoo Studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline. Before we jump into reactions from last night's hokey loss to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Valentine's in the Valley, coming your way. Win the ultimate Valentine's Day. Treat that someone special in your life to an awesome package of prizes. Pandora Valentine's necklace from PR Sturgill Fine Jewelry in Radford. Dinner at Preston's at the River Course. A makeover at Inside Out Salon in Christiansburg. Golf for four at the Pete Dye River Course, including carts and green fees. Treats. Treats from the Blue Ridge Fudge Lady Shop in Pulaski. All of that. Not one of that. All of that. Uh, and all you have to do is register online. Simply sign up online at WRADRadio.com. Just register, sign up. Very, very simple process at WRADRadio.com by February 9th at midnight. That's February 9th at midnight. And you could win the ultimate Valentine's Day prize pack from the WRAD Radio Talk Network. Again, Pandora, Valentine's necklace from PR Sturgill, fine jewelry in Radford, dinner at Preston's at the River Course, a makeover at Inside Out Salon in Christiansburg, golfer four at the Pete Dye River Course, including cart and greens fees, treats from the Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge Fudge Lady Shop in Pulaski. And all you have to do is sign up at WRADradio.com by f- February 9th at midnight, but you could do it right now. There's no reason to wait. Hokie fans, I feel for you. I feel for you. We're in this together. Last night was a tough one to watch and it appears as if the, the bottom has fallen out on what was at one point in time an extremely optimistic Hokies basketball season. Uh, they were 13 and 4 through 17 games. The Hokies were. A couple of games over 500 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. 13 and 4 overall. Landers Nolly was looking like an all ACC pick. It was looking like the entire all ACC freshman team was going to be like two guys from Duke and everyone else from Virginia Tech. It, it was a. A wonderful, wonderful time to be a Hokie fan. Since then, since then, they've lost four straight games, five of their last six. Even that win was an overtime victory, so their last six games, they have not won any in regulation. Um, it's It's been a bottom falling out, right? It's been a bottom falling out. Uh, and, and just to look at last night's game as as a singular event, right? Not to put it in context with the rest of the season, uh, the Hokies didn't play well. They shot 38% from the field, 17% from three, which uh, is their, their main weapon, 61% from the free throw line, which is not acceptable for a team with as many shooters as they have. Uh, they gave up 20 points to Jose Alvarado, eight of 14 shooting for him, three of six from three, 14 points from right, 12 from DeVoe, the guys that we highlighted before the game, uh, there, there there, weren't surprises, right? They were the, the main scorers for Georgia Tech mainly did the scoring for Virginia, or excuse me, for Georgia Tech. It, it was a game in which offensively and defensively, Virginia Tech did not play well. They allowed Georgia Tech to make over 50% of their shots, 44% of them from three, 47.6 from the line, which really saved the Hokies from an even more embarrassing final score. Right. Imagine if Georgia Tech shot 80% from the line instead of below 50 Is that an? Did, did I do a good job of the appropriate cold glass of water to the face there? I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, you need that. Especially uh, just, after, just, after a game like that.
0: After a game like that, I'm, I just want to make sure we're all aware of what happened. You might want to add some ice in there, too. You know,
1: <laughs> like just make sure it's really cold.
0: I, I just want to make sure we're all aware of what happened. The Hokies shot less than 40% while giving up. Higher than fifty percent from the three-point line, they shot seventeen percent while allowing over forty-four uh, percent. They shot sixty-one percent from the free-throw line. Their offense and defense struggled. It was a really tough game. Tyrese Radford was a bright spot, right? Scoring twelve points on five of nine shooting, right? At least one guy shot over fifty percent, but it, it's it's as a team a rough one. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, maybe they're getting figured out, right? There's there's a world in where maybe because this team was so brand spanking new, other teams didn't know how to prepare for them, right? No one knew what type of player Landers Nolly was in the ACC until he got here this year. No one knew what type of player Tyrese Radford was. No one knew what type of player Hunter Couture was. No one knew what type of player Jalen Cohn was. No one knew what type of player Nahima was. No one knew. And it looks like now everyone's saying, now we know. And this is how we stop it. Right? It's, it's the, the backup quarterback thing. I say all the time, I think any good offensive coordinator can win one or two games with a backup quarterback just using the element of surprise, right? Because the defense doesn't know how you're going to call the offense with the new guy at the helm. For 17 games, no one knew how to stop Virginia Tech. They were all brand new. No one had film on these players for Virginia Tech. No one had film on Mike Young and the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now they do, and it's proving more difficult to jump over. And that's not it. That's not it at all. Matter of fact, I would say that's not even the reasoning. I'll explain to you why I don't believe this is getting figured out. I don't believe the last six games have been the Hokies being figured out. That's not what I believe at all. There's other reasoning for why this has happened, and I'll tell you next. Hokies. Let's get that bird. Blue hens. Internet. Let's just say the man likes birds. Birds. That looks pretty badass. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM. Do want to remind everybody, if you are going to be leaving your radio, you can still catch the show uh, on the TuneIn app, right? Live streaming everywhere, anywhere you have your smartphone or, or whatever device you can download the TuneIn app onto, or WRADradio.com. So, If it's between six and nine, if you're driving to work, you get to work, there's a conversation coming up that you still want to hear. You still want to catch the Roth report. You still want to listen to the rest of Hokie Hour, whatever it may be, uh, in your office, on the computer, WRADradio.com. Yeah. Play it in some headphones. Also podcast form too. So if you miss it live, I'm uploading the first hour as we speak. There you go. Podcasts can be found everywhere. Podcasts are found. Uh, Spotify, Apple, all that kind of stuff. We do ask that you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple if you do go that route. Um, so the ho- we were talking earlier about the the Hokies' skid, right? They lost four straight, five of their last six. Um, did they get figured out? I don't think they did because the things that teams are quote-unquote figuring out were obvious from the beginning, right? We, we, we knew that they were going to be lacking in, in depth. We knew they would be lacking in experience. We knew they'd be lacking in height. We knew that they... On the perimeter would be depending heavily on Wabisa Beatty to find a way to to defend the opposing team's best perimeter threat, and if there were more, there would be lapses in judgment, um, laps lapses in in uh, uh, scheme awareness, I guess, for the young players. So, so I mean, I don't think these were hidden flaws that are now suddenly being brought to light as the season goes along. So, I don't think they're they're quote unquote figured out. What it might be is a freshman wall. What it might be is these freshmen realizing what a grind college basketball is. Because when your body gets fatigued, Lobra, let me ask you this. When your body gets fatigued, what is the first body part to go? The legs. There you go. That's exactly. That's the
1: foundation.
0: It's exactly true. And, and, Well, you know, when you look at a jump shot, right, you might see the pretty flick of the wrist and the arms extending and it it looks so, so pretty, oh, so pretty, to quote uh, 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 Sidney Dean in White Man Can't Jump, another movie that I assume you have not seen. Nope. Put it on the list.
1: I'll Uh, add that to my, like, novel filled
0: with movie titles I need to watch. Because it looks so pretty from the shoulders up. A lot of times we think arms are, are doing the shooting, but it's, it's your tree trunks. It's your foundation. That's it's what, it's that's your what legs.
1: launches you into the air. It, it's where you get your
0: shoes. power. It's where you get your consistency. It's where everything starts in sports. And And these freshmen look like their legs are tired. They look like their body is fatigued. At the beginning of the year, P.J. Horn shooting great. The team was one of the top three-point shooting teams as a unit in the country. They shot 17% from three last night. That is a tired shooting number. That is a, guys, I'm trying, but that rim keeps getting further away even though I know it doesn't. Right? It's it's like, um, I'll put it, like, just about every day, I run either two or three miles on the treadmill, okay? Nice. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> Some days, two miles feels like 100 yards. Some days, two miles feels like 100 miles. I know for a fact that two miles is the same distance every single day, right? The, the treadmill isn't guessing and, and coming up long or short, it is the same distance every day, but when you are tired, it feels long. When your legs are tired, a 3-point shot feels long. There were points in this season where a 3-point shot felt like a layup for these teams. It's 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 I think it might just be a freshman wall. It also could, and and I don't want to act like I know that for a fact, it also could just be a cycle for a young team where, you know, they're in a slump. The shooting was working and now it's not, and the only reason for it is that the world is a cruel place and, and, you know, life isn't fair. There's always that possibility that they're just caught up, right? Maybe, maybe you just wait it out, shooters are going to shoot, and you just keep shooting until you're out of the slump, but it also might be a situation where it's like, hey, you know what? you know what let's 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 figure this out let's uh <laughs> let's take a break let's let's go to the spa let's get treatment let's get our legs back under us and see if we can't start knocking down these shots once again because if they don't start knocking down threes this season is not going to be on the bounce back when we come back our favorite segment of Hokie hour it's going to be hashtag Hokies. next Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM. Before we jump into hashtag Hokies and start looking at what's going on in the Twitterverse surrounding the Hokies, Lobro, our producer here inside the Mokadu studio, is going to keep you updated on what we have on the slate upcoming at our New River radio group uh, as far as live broadcasts.
1: Well, Tim, on Thursday... Tomorrow night you can catch uh Virginia Tech women's basketball. They're taking on Syracuse on hot one hundred at seven fifty. Having really 100. having a
0: really good season looking like an NCAA tournament team. Oh yeah, I'm
1: a I'm a big fan of like Kenny Brooks and them. They're mm-hmm. a, they're a good squad out there. Their coach's show in particular is pretty good to listen to as well and then Friday looks like we kind of have a little bit of a break and heading into Saturday, kicking off the weekend. Virginia Tech men's basketball taking on Boston College beginning bright and early at 11.30 a.m. on our sister station 105.3, the Bear. Also, you can catch Bradford University women's basketball. They're taking on Charleston Southern beginning at 2.30 on 103.5 and 14.60 a.m., and then on also on Saturday, are you women's Are no, are you men's basketball? Excuse me, taking on High Point beginning at 6:30 on the W R A D Talk Network, and then on Sunday, finally Virginia Tech women's basketball back in action again, taking on U N C beginning at 1:50 over on Hot 100.7, and that's pretty much it heading yeah. into the weekend and yeah.
0: beyond. All right, it is Wednesday, so that that weekend is creeping up on us a bit. Um, it is, however, right now, creeping up on us and arriving on us is our favorite segment of Hokie Hour. It's called hashtag Hokies, hashtag Hokies. We go deep into the underbelly of the internet. We, we dig deep into Twitter, the Twitterverse, the Twitter sphere, and we find the tweets that start the conversations that we want to have. And then we have those conversations right here on the Tim Donnelly show, beginning with a funny one. Uh, Demetrius Davis, uh, is the crown jewel of the 2021 recruiting class thus far for the Virginia Tech Hokies. He is a four-star quarterback uh, from North shore high school in Houston, Texas. Um, and he is max preps player of the year, two time defending six, uh, a state championship quarterback and offensive MVP from the state championship game. He can run, he can throw. He brings so much of what Virginia tech wants to be able to do at the quarterback position to the table. Um, and he is committed to Virginia Tech, most importantly. Uh, revealed a video a few months ago of him committing to to play for the Hokies. Um, he's also, as of late, been doing something that just about every other recruit does, which is posting blessed-to-receive uh, tweets. Blessed to receive an offer from Kentucky. Blessed to receive an offer from North Texas. Blessed to receive an off- offer from insert school here, and he is the type of player that, you know, if he, especially if he wants to entertain other schools, he can get as many offers as he wants, right? As many schools that are out there, he can, he can receive offers. The thing that I thought was funny was Trey Turner. Now, we all know Trey Turner. Hokie Nation loves Trey Turner. Uh, Number 11 in your playbooks, number one in your hearts, right? A wide receiver that is going to step up and be the featured wide receiver this year with the departure of Damon Hazleton. He commented on the blessed to receive an offer from Kentucky post from Demetrius Davis at Demetrius09, and Trey 11 Turner said, bro, stop posting offers. You're scaring me, which is funny, right? It is. It is interesting that a player is going, come on, man, stay committed. Don't flirt with other people. Stay committed here. We want you in Blacksburg. It's even more interesting because likely Trey Turner and Demetrius Davis will only overlap for one year. Um, and and if Demetrius Davis doesn't start as a true freshman, he will never play with Trey Turner. So so it is interesting in that Trey Turner is essentially doing that for the program, right? He's just hoping what's best for the Hokies, which is awesome. What I choose to use the blessed to receive offer from tweets from committed athletes as, I choose to use them as reminders. Reminders to re-recruit your stars. Reminders to re-recruit your, the, the recruits that mean something to you. Just because they commit, doesn't mean you stop recruiting them. You re-recruit them every single step of the way, because other teams aren't going to stop recruiting them. If somehow there was a handshake agreement between every college coach in the country that as soon as a player verbally commits to a school, everybody else will completely back off and stop contacting that player, then maybe you'd be able to take your foot off the gas a bit in the recruiting process. But that's the opposite of what happens. Schools will still try to swoop in and steal your commitments. They will still show up at his high school. They will still make in-home visits. They will still invite him to to games, invite him on official visits, tell him, listen, listen, we, we respect your commitment to Virginia Tech, but why don't you come see us play XYZ team and get a feel for it anyway, just to have fun. Bring a teammate. You have to re-recruit the players that mean something to your recruiting class each and every single opportunity you get. He's still getting offers from elsewhere. So Fuente and Cornelson and, and I mean, name your coach. Bo Davidson, heck, send Daryl Tapp out there just to talk about the NFL. You need to re-recruit Demetrius Davis every single chance you get. Next, Hashtag Hokies comes from a friend of the show, tweets in all the time, or tweets about the Hokies all the time. We've had him on Hashtag Hokies a few times. Uh, hashtag, or excuse me, at Hokie Pro Richie. There you go. At Hokie Pro Richie. Uh, he says, Uh, This was uh, in response to Tyrese Radford. Y'all need to go back and watch MSU and NC State film. Play free, let it fly, and get after them before they get after you. Go Hokies, beat BC. The reason I brought this up is because um, I had an immediate thought when I saw this tweet. The Hokies may be in a crisis of confidence, right? Their shots are not going up as confident as they were early in the year. Their their um, jumpers are not going in as confidently. Their reactions are not as confident. And it took me back to a moment from my playing career. Um, I was playing at Delaware, and uh, uh, I was playing at Delaware, and here's what happened. I had probably two games that were below what, what my expectations for myself were. And then we had a bye week. and And the bye week was interesting because when I walked in – uh, they gave us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off from, from practice. There's still film study and workouts and stuff, but they gave us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off from practice to get our bodies right. I walked in Monday morning to watch film on my own, walked in, and the head coach came to join me. Now, this doesn't happen very often, right? When a guy's watching film by himself, his position coach might stop in, but the head coach very rarely does, at least in our program. Uh, he sat down. He took the clicker from me, the little clicker with the play and the the stop and all that. Yeah jumped on the keyboard, we had a, a mobile keyboard that you'd pass around to whoever was controlling, and, and he brought up a clip, and it w- wasn't a clip, right? Normally, he'd bring up a play and say, hey, on third down, I want you to you know, take this check down here rather than throwing the deep ball, whatever. He pulled up a clip and it was like 10 minutes long, and I was like, what the heck is this? And it was a highlight film of me. He had one of the graduate assistants make a highlight film of what I had done so far in the season. And he said, listen, these last two games, you know, they the, you weren't playing with the confidence that I want you to play with. So so we watched that highlight film, and he goes, now I want you to walk around this this facility. I want you to walk around this uh, the, uh, these workouts, these meeting rooms. I want you to talk to your teammates as if you are the guy in that highlight film, not as if you are the guy who just played two games that are below your expectations. Got my confidence back up. Came out of the bye week, played much better, went on a, a nice little run to end the season. I feel like Virginia Tech might need to do that. Go back to the Michigan State game. Go back to the NC State game. Go back to, to some of these other games where you played really well, where you knocked down your shots. Watch those, get your confidence back, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive back into the hard things and, and, and we'll end on a nice little run here. It's true. Play free, let it fly. Play like the guys that were 13 and 4 in two games over 500 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Play like those guys. Let's take a break when we come back. National signing day is today, but not many fireworks coming for the Hokies. Stick around.
1: Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline 540 639
0: 4900. Hello? Who's there? I'm talking. Hi! More of the Tim Donnelly Show next. On WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly show right here on the talk of the New River Valley WRAD 101.7 103.5 1460 AM as well here's the uh here's the deal for all of you getting ready for the Roth report I can tell you the legend is in the building Bill Roth is is in the building just uh waiting chomping at the bit to join us to to start the 8 o'clock hour. So that's coming up uh, in the not-too-distant future. Luis Baker of the Baker team at Long & Foster will also uh, be here. So so that is coming up in just a little bit. In the meantime, uh, let's make sure you are taken care of for National Signing Day. Uh, Today used to be a holiday on the college football calendar. Uh, Just a couple years ago, today we would have been blocking out entire hours of the show this morning to report on on different um (laughs) to report on different faxes coming into the virginia tech um football offices from players all over the country saying that they are signed sealed delivered recruits to the virginia tech um program we would have been sitting here counting four stars and three stars and looking at, at what uh, other teams in the ACC are doing. But instead, with the new early signing day taking place in December, um, we've blocked out one segment for it in the last six minutes of Hokie Hour. Um, and, and, you know, in years past, even in more recent years where there was the early signing day the last two seasons, um, we probably would have done more because there was more on the line. Uh, a couple guys you recognize, Dax Hollyfield. Uh, Doug Nestor, they are um, they were flips on National Signing Day to to come over and play for Virginia Tech. Doug Nestor being one last season that uh, flipped from Ohio State to Virginia Tech. So it was a National Signing Day coup for the Virginia Tech Hokies. Both Hollyfield and Nestor ended up playing huge on-field roles their freshman season. Um, I don't see that happening this 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 year, right? The class was going to be a small one signed 14 guys, a couple of, of transfers, uh, Raheem Blackshear, Khalil Herbert, looking like they might have an immediate impact in, in the the offensive playmaker side of things, um, kind of really, really early, obviously Khalil Herbert being a graduate transfer with one year left kind of needs to be involved because he only has the one year left. Um, but those, those guys were all already signed, right? Those guys are all already committed. Those guys uh we're already here. The freshmen already in the in the books, some of them already on campus. Darrell Bailey Jr., right? Already on campus. Um they are expected to sign uh Dallin Wright, a three-star wide receiver. Uh here's the thing: there are certain players that Virginia Tech should and for the most part do just be able to sign, right? Like I would argue right, the three-star wide receiver out of South Carolina, Virginia Tech was his first and, as far as I know, only Power 5 scholarship offer. When you swoop into a guy who has, like, Coastal Carolina, maybe ECU, some FCS offers, and you are Virginia Tech, right? And you are the Virginia Tech Hokies. You are a team that has uh, the history and storied program history that you have, you should be able to walk in and say, you know, put some effort into it, right? Relate to the kid, talk to his high school coach, you know, look at his highlight film, go visit him a few times, but you should be able to beat out non-Power 5 schools for whoever you want. And for the most part, the Hokies do that. I'm not pointing out a problem. I'm just saying that when, when a guy like Wright commits, it should be, okay, good. Business as usual. You know, chop it up, we're done. Put a fork in them. Let's get out of here. Um it's it's when you are beating out, when you are competing like you were for Doug Nestor at this time, this time last year, trying to flip him from Ohio State, which you were able to do, that that things become really, really excited. Really, really exciting. You know, for the most part, they they aren't even really in the mix for any unsigned four stars coming into today. For the most part, they have one. Maybe two or three scholarships available, so so they, they don't have you know the ability to go you know cast a wide net and see what they catch. So it would have had to be very specific. Um, I like getting right a wide receiver, a position that uh, became suddenly very very slim when when Damon Hazleton and Hezekiah Grimsley and Phil Patterson and Jacoby Pinckney all entered the transfer portal within a, a week. Week and a half of each other, three of them within hour, hour and a half of each other. Uh, so, so it's it's um, it's truly a a moment in time where what used to be a big deal this year really isn't a big deal. National National Signing Day is going to come and go with a, a a just a little chirp rather than an explosion, just a, a whimper rather than a loud scream. No Dax hollyfields no Doug Nesters. Reason to be optimistic, mostly coming from uh, you know the development of players already in the program rather than the, the new blood that is being added to today. Which is weird, right? National Signing Day, you want to be waiting by your, your fax machine for awesome news. But that's not what the Hokies are doing today. They're probably actually thinking mostly about 2021. Thinking about Landon Watson and Naquan Brown who were uh, on campus this past weekend and talk, talking about thinking about Demetrius Davis, who is their their crown jewel, but is still posting. I got an offer from Kentucky uh, tweets. They're, right? they're, they're probably thinking about 2021, which is the nature of recruiting. As soon as the 2020 class is done, you should have already been working on 2021 for like a year. It's nature of recruiting, man. Uh, again, to start the next hour, we are going to hear from Bill Roth uh, uh, as part of the Roth Report presented by NRV Furniture. And we are going to hear from Louise Baker at the Louise Baker team at Long and Foster. She sponsors the team of the week, and she will be uh, right here in the studio with us, helping us name the team of the week. Uh, looking at the the topics we're going to discuss, uh, Mookie Betts on the move from the Red Sox to the Dodgers. Mark D'Antonio, which we haven't even gotten to yet, stepping down as the head coach uh, of Michigan State. Um, Sports Media and Analytics Department update, game of the week, top three, there's there's quite a bit of uh, actually I'm I'm excited for the top three because it's something that I like to Google and and fantasize about you know like uh like if you're gonna win the lottery what would you do the the top three has something to do with that I'll I'll leave it at that oh nice um, uh, the Roth report is gonna be right here on WRAD right after this stick around.